thanks, Jesus, for everything that you do, Lord, for your mercy and your love and your kindness, Jesus, for the opportunity, Lord, that you gave us to sing to you, Lord, and praise you and glorify you, Lord, and to feel your presence tonight, Lord, and we just ask you to help us, Lord, to now pay attention to that precious word, Lord, that you have for us, Lord Jesus. Bless our brother Gabriel, Lord. Help us, Lord, to remove all the distractions, Lord, all the cares of the world, and to focus totally and completely on your precious word, Lord Jesus. We also ask you, Lord, for the tithes and the offerings, Lord. Continue blessing us, Lord, with jobs, with health, Lord, with the ability, Lord, to give what it already belongs to you, Jesus. And we just ask the blessed, Lord, that it um, just be used, Lord, uh, and multiply for your ministry, Jesus. We ask this all in your name, Lord, and we give you thanks, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. My brother Gabriel will come on up and let's continue praising the Lord with attention to his precious and holy word. Amen. God bless you. God bless everyone tonight, brothers and sisters. Y'all may be seated. Well, it's a group uh, this evening also. Keep on praying for... Uh, ministries that are here, uh, that we don't forget purpose, uh, we don't forget our calling, we don't forget everything God has shown us in our lives. Um, you have a ministry when you have something God has given you, um, very important to uh, be very vigilant at all times. I like to watch uh, survivor shows, people surviving in just different areas. I remember a guy was talking about um, always finding an object that you want to go to, right? Like when you're in the desert. He says, you know, you'll, you'll have the sun hitting you in the face and all this stuff. But he goes, you got to be very careful looking at it because if you just barely just take this way, you could be miles away from that target. And I think uh, in, in ministry, the enemy just wants to get you just to take a wrong step, just take a different step um, to distract you. And in our walk in Christ, the same thing happens. Um, the message was very powerful on Sunday, uh, very revealing to some basic things of, um, that I see all, the, all, I see all over the place when it comes to the rapture and uh, some of the confusion as plain as it is, what chapter did we read from? Anybody? There you go. It's simple, right? Matthew 24, right? Matthew 24 is one that you can go and uh, some good homework for everyone. I know I did it this week is find it in the other gospels too. And it, it's, it gets clearer and clearer. There's other good uh, puzzle pieces there that you can put with it. It's beautiful how, how God uh, created that for us. Amen. Uh, the title of tonight's message, and God bless the classes uh, this evening, is uh, When Pain Doesn't Let You Discern. I'm not sure if anybody's had pain here recently. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of pain you've struggled with. I know some here have struggled uh, and are struggling with uh, things like back pain. Uh, it's had a uh, toothache uh, or a tooth infection. I don't know if anybody's broken something. And, uh, and just during that time, that process, that little uh, before medication hits you or before you can find an ease to the pain, uh, it's, it's grueling. 
Uh, I've had a couple of instances this past year. Uh, one of them was an infection that I ended up getting underneath the root canal. Uh, and that was some of the most pain I've ever been in. Uh, the, the, I don't know if uh, my wife probably remembers it, but uh, I, wanted it, I wanted my tooth out. I wanted to just start hitting myself with a rock. Uh, you know, uh, so much pain that you, you, you don't care what other kind of pain you get into. You just want it out, right? I'm sure uh, some sisters have gone through that pain during birth, right? Just get it out. Anybody use that term? Any sister use that term when they're pregnant? Uh, because they know that the pain is there. <laughs> and um, I won't share the funny story, Sister Chrisanne, with the kids because, you know, we were all in the waiting room there. But, uh, but God, bless, uh, God bless the sisters here. Because it seems like they can endure a little bit more pain than, than men can. So this week I, I experienced some pain. Uh, for some reason I ended up spraining uh, my right ankle. And I don't know how I did it, which is odd, right? Um, I think I did it with the plane and the circulation of my feet. Uh, the way I had it um, caused it to misalign, but it was uh, it's swollen right now and it's colored pretty nice and so I've been really struggling when I've been sitting down and having it in an angle I've been having to elevate it and stretch it out uh, and this pain has caused me to have a very off awkward thinking kind of week in, in different times somebody's talking to me I'm not processing my listen, listening uh, uh, or, or gathering information and God started talking to me today I had a couple other messages that I wanted to bring but but not why not bring what's relevant in your life? Uh, so God kind of gave me a message in uh, in this, and I and I think that a lot of us we struggle with uh, adjusting to pain that we're in, or pain that we've been through, uh, and this pain that we're in and we've been through doesn't allow us to hear um, God's advice to how to overcome things in our lives. But Lorenzo was talking about a couple of simple commandments that. Uh, may have not been so simple to a lot of us, uh, and we might have struggled with it. Uh, I always remember, you know, a cell phone to the rich man, that, the rich young man that came to Jesus and said, I want to follow you. You know, it's like uh, this, this young man comes to Jesus and says, I, I want to follow you, and Jesus says, perfect, go sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. And one of the saddest moments, right, this man turns his back to Jesus and walks away. Uh, and, and I think that we have moments to where uh, the, the Lord is speaking to us in different ways in our lives. And there's, it's, telling, it's telling that there's powerful things against us, against the church, the body. There's things that are pulling you, that are defining you, that are causing you to struggle. There's things that are attacking you. There's things that you can't see that are attacking you. It's attacking us in ways that it's a new type of enemy that we're dealing with. With that being said, we struggle with discerning that. What doesn't allow us to discern it is that the enemy starts to use mechanisms, little triggers, we call them, to get you off track. You're on the path of things with God and then you all of a sudden uh, start to remember things that you have no mind to remember you start to get depressed about things that have been for years 
regrets, all these different things, these emotions start coming up to you. Because the enemy starts to trigger things, starts to use mechanisms. Some of them are pain triggers. Some of them are temptation triggers to get you off. It's kind of like New Year's. When New Year's comes around, we all make resolutions, right? I'm going to lose some weight this year. And we do good for a couple of weeks, right? Right? We're feeling pretty good about life and all this stuff. And then something triggers something else. And we forget what triggered the lost weight of weight. I want us to talk a little bit. You know, I almost want to attach this to this Speak To It series. Or we talked about that thing that's hidden there, that thing that's in the middle of everything that's causing all the problems that you've had or the problems that you struggle with. I believe pain will confuse us at times and separate us from what God is trying to do in us. I started kind of thinking about a seed. Everybody knows a seed. Everybody know how a seed, everybody remember in school, I don't know if you did this in school. I know I remember getting that little Ziploc bag and and letting a seed grow, sprout. Everybody remember that? Everybody remember with your kids, they're bringing it, and and it's the coolest thing, right? You can actually see the seed process, right? Does anybody know what that process is called? Ha, sister. Does anybody except for Sister Ruby know what that process is called? That was quick, sister. That's good. Germination. It's quite a unique process. It's a process where seed doesn't only have to hit fertile ground, because we remember it in a Ziploc bag, but it has to receive water. And this water will fill the seed up. And the heat will call it, cause it to expand, to break. I kind of started thinking about pain and how God uses pain to sometimes create something in us that needs to be different, something in us that needs to change. You see, during the process, the seed doesn't understand what's happening while it's filling itself up with water or water is filling it it up. But the process takes over where it just expands and breaks, and now you see the sprout kind of started thinking about this pain, struggle that we go through. What is your struggle right now? Are you a person that runs to pain? Because pain is your shield. Pain means that you don't have to change. It's easy to go back to pain because pain is like, God, wait for a little bit. I got to go deal with this. So we're constantly enabling ourselves to not release the pain or remove ourselves from the pain. We have all different reasons and excuses. Every one of them are different here. Every, every one of us has been through different things. Some unmanage, uh, um, unimaginable or unbearable. But have you used what you've been through for God's purpose? Well, I did one time. How did you feel when you did it? I felt a lot better. But I found myself back in a rut. I found myself not talking about it not using, God, using it for God's glory. I think it's really important for us to understand and be guided through the word of God on what it is to see. I, I remember pain. I didn't have this segment, but I remember, you know, Jesus there before he goes to the cross. 
in absolute pain because he knew the he knew what the cross was going to do to him. Father, let it be your will, but not mine, if I don't have to bear this. We see an example there. I know pain that I've been through where I've had to reach out to God and ask God, God, if this is because of sin, forgive me. If this is a test, help strengthen me right now in this moment. And there's times that we go through things and there ain't an app for it. There ain't a search that you can do for it. It's a conversation you have personally with God and only God can speak to it. And only God can address it. And it's powerful when you start to hear his voice, but sometimes the the pain doesn't let you hear it. Because the pain is pushing you away, but God showed us something. When he was on his way to the cross, he showed us that if you proclaim his will at the moment of the pain, he will guide you and strengthen you through it. If it's your will, let this pass. A lot of times we don't do that. We see Paul with the example of carrying this burden by grace. Brothers and sisters, one example of pain is we can go to somebody, I could just say the name, and you know the pain that he went through, which was Job. And if we turn to Job 30, 17, my bones are pierced in me in the night season, and my sinews take no rest. De noche taladra sobre mí mis huesos y mis pulsos no reposan. We hear this, and some of us may, may have never been through an experience like Job. I can raise my hand and say that I didn't get one day losing everything. Another example that I can only see of that is when David and his, and his soldiers came back and all their families were killed and, and some were taken captive. Their homes were burnt. Not all of us have lost something or lost everything. You might have lost one thing that you thought was your everything. But Job was in a situation here where the pain and the hurt, he had different moments. And you see, Job, when the pain started, was still giving glory to God. But as that pain endured, you see Job kind of starting to talk about the pain. Because that's what happens when you let pain stay, when you let it linger, when you don't give it to God quickly, when you don't give him praise, when you don't give him glory, it'll linger. He'll come back and visit you. The devil likes to use the pain that you've been through, the struggles that you've been through, the hurt you've been through. The devil likes to use the memory that you keep of those things. 
You might get a new phone, but you might have the memory of old things in it, old photos, old things, historical things of pain. And you could hear it in you when you start to talk about it. Well, you remember when you were like that? You remember when you did that? Why are you bringing that up? Because you still got it in you. It's still there. And sometimes we like to keep it there because, again, we see ourselves as human. And it's good to use an excuse when, we're, when we fail in something to go back to that pain and say, well, it's probably because of that. Probably because this happened. It's probably because I lacked this. I didn't have this. Instead of enabling ourselves and asking God, God, if, you're, if you said you would take it, then you, t- you took it. I can't go back to something that you took. If I proclaimed you of putting my weight, my burden on you because you said, come to me, then I can't go back to it. Because when I go back to it, I deny believing that you said you would take it. You see, this is the difference. This is where starts to illuminate, starts to lighten up the void there, the darkness. Because we come here sometimes and we're distracted and we don't understand why I don't feel this joy, this happiness. It's because that pain's still there. And it's not letting you discern why you can't praise him, why you can't glorify him, why you can't be free. Well, why, why you only launch for a certain distance and then you give up? Why you like the stock market? You're on your highs and you're on your lows. It's because that pain ain't letting you discern your state. It ain't letting you see what's keeping you there. But when God gets there and starts to speak to your pain, and we start to give him power over our pain, we use so many different things for pain. Health. It's easy to use health for your pain. Then you start to discern and you say, man, Why do I only get sick when I come to church? Why does it only hurt me when I come to church? It didn't hurt me nine to five. You know? Why does my bladder only fill up at church? I could drive four hours. I don't have to use a restroom. Speak to it. Because God wants to liberate us. God wants to make us a church that's united. The word is being spoken here. Revelation is given here. It doesn't have to be full for revelation to be spoken here. I can speak to a few. And I love when the word of God speaks to us and tells us. And we see Job here going through a season, it said here, of pain. And we know his outcome and we see his victory. If we turn to 1 Peter 4, 12. I like how Peter says it here. 1 Peter 4, 12. Beloved, think it not strains concerning fiery trial. The fiery trial, which is to try you 
as though some strange thing happened unto you. So let's talk about this. Let's, repro- let's replace trial with pain. Because you might not think that that trial, that pain you're going through is a trial, but it is. Something's trying to take you backwards. God will never try to take you backwards. If you feel you're going backwards, it's not God that's doing it. God will always push you forward. God will always elevate you. But you see, something inside of you is telling you you're better off with these other things. You still don't have these things. And it's amazing how the devil just accelerated it. Social media. You don't even know. Some of you young, young people think that you could teach me something. You ain't teaching me nothing. If you look at statistics, if you look at doctors that are suicide rate, why are young people dying more today from suicide than ever before? Because they look on a screen and they see somebody happy when they're not. Or they assume that this makes you happy when it's temporary. And I ask you again, can you discern the mechanisms of the devil because of the pain you're in? Keep on reading right here. Continue reading. Verse 13. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ. Suffering. Now, it's pretty hard, and I'll tell you, it's, it is hard because I've experienced it. But since I experienced it, I can talk about it. Because I don't want to hear somebody tell me about something unless they experienced it. You like to get advice from somebody that says, try it? Or you like to get advice from somebody that says, I did it? And we see here. That Peter's talking about something. Because, see, Peter went through pain too. There's some hidden stuff. It goes straight from the Gospels to Acts. You don't know that time frame. You don't know how Peter felt, the depression he went through. Walking, talking, eating with Jesus and denying Jesus. And then seeing everything that Jesus said being fulfilled. How would you feel if everything that's been said here in church, you start to see outside of church and you start to realize that you didn't listen to what was being said in church? You see, Peter had a moment where he missed the mark, where doubt came over and fear came over in his life. This trial that he went through anguish that he went through seeing Jesus hanging on the cross. And he spoke the loudest saying, I won't let you, I won't deny you. We see this trial that he says right here, and I like the way he starts to shake this off. And he says, but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. 
that when his glory shall be revealed. So what is his glory that's being revealed? See, you will not, you cannot get to see his glory in your pain until you what? Rejoice. See, that's the part we're missing right now, brothers and sisters. This is the part that we struggle in, is that we cannot see God's glory and we miss his glory. You see, it's temporary. Man, that song was good. Man, those words. Oh, man, that worship was good. And it's a temporary fix. You could go get it right now by filling your belly with something. But the moment that it becomes impactful is when you realize something. That you weren't up to coming to church today, but you still praised him. And you did it with the intent to receive from him. And then we see Peter here saying, you're partakers of something. You see, Christ was here and walked on this earth as you're walking. And trials and tribulations he went through. And you can say, well, he, you know, he didn't go through this. He didn't go through bullying. He didn't go through something specific today. But it says here that you're partaking in something, which is this process controlling your pain you see Jesus when he was there in in the vineyard and the devil was probably talking to him telling him you don't need to do this what are you going to do this for these people don't even care one of these days they're going to reject you people will come to you and they'll deny you he knew what Peter was going to do that's why he asked Peter times he did, the three times he did. He knew about Judas. He knew that people were going to select Barnabas and, 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 and proclaim him to die. All this was going in his mind a million miles an hour. And now the pressure of, should I go through this for all of this? And that moment of doubt causes him to reach out and say some powerful words. Lord, if it's your will, let this cup pass. I'm going to accept it if it's not. And you see, brothers and sisters, we we're losing discernment. Because we're not asking God for God's will to be done in our lives. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if something's come up. I don't know if things have come up from the past, if it's something here recent. But I'm a testament to God's love for when you praise him, when you've gone through something, when you give him the glory and the freedom he can give you, and the chains he can rip. And I feel that sometimes our pain doesn't let us, allow us to see this. And we keep on reading right here in verse 13 here in Peter. I'm sorry, 14. No, 13, brother. But rejoice inasmuch ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed. So his glory will be revealed in you when you recognize to rejoice. You see, and that's the struggles because, again, we all want to 
and, and you'll get through it. It's seasonal stuff. You see here Job saying a season of night, this pain was happening. And then you'll start to feel good temporarily, but you're back in the dumps. Right? Can I get some up and downers here? You see, you see the world, the world, the world, the world's, the world's smart, brothers and sisters. The world is smart. Let's not, let's not be fools and thinking that the world's not smart. They'll either diagnose you with something to medicate you, or they'll bombard you with materialistic things to satisfy you temporarily. They're still not taking care of the root problem. And we see here Peter saying, when you rejoice, it will be revealed to you God's will. We keep on reading. Ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Listen to this. This is the difficult part right here because it's not only rejoicing and it's like, how can I rejoice when this just happened to me? How can I rejoice when I was hurt this way? How can I rejoice when I'm thinking about this happening to me? It's nothing to rejoice about, Brother Gabe. That's foolishness. How can I rejoice when I've been hurt, when I've been damaged, when I'm alone, when I, when I lack this? You know what I mean? You may tell you how I can answer all those very quickly. Now you realize you need Jesus. And it's Jesus the only one that's going to fill that up. And there's times that we got to get to our breaking point like Peter's talking about here. And that moment that you rejoice and you realize, God, I haven't given you fulfillment in me. I haven't allowed you to overflow in me because I've always left the gap. And that gap pushes everything out, pushes you out. I've been fake. I haven't been real. I've been secretive about this. There's one thing that you cannot fake. is when God truly has done something in you. If he's removed something in you, then you don't come, you don't bring it up. You don't go back to it. But you do. And he hasn't done it yet. This is a new method of looking at it. But rejoice. But rejoice. But rejoice. Exceeding joy. It's like that person that annoys you in the morning when you haven't had your coffee yet. And you know that she's had her coffee probably at 5 o'clock in the morning. Am I naming any names here? Sister Margie knows who I'm talking about. But when you do that and you start to intimidate, and when people, see, see, people don't need to know your story right then and there. A lot of people didn't know my story right then and there. But I tell you one thing, I knew my story, and I knew it was God that did it. Because when God can make you happy, when God can bring peace in you, when you're in the middle of it, that's when you know how powerful God is. And that's where this joy comes. Let's continue reading verse 15. 14, I'm sorry. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Now, this is, this is where it starts to, divide, to f- define this. 
You see, see, a lot of us haven't experienced this yet. Some of us have. See, but you don't have the wisdom of this to, to back you up. Some of you have been let go because, you know, of jobs, because of your priorities that you've set. Because you've trusted in God. And you see, and it's hard to rejoice in that moment because you know you got a, a car payment or a house payment or something. Right here it says, rejoice in the faith. I'm going to be there by your side. And it says, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. When you have confidence, because you're doing God's will, and if something goes wrong, because you're too nice at your job, If something goes wrong because people know that Christ is in you, you should rejoice because then you're really experiencing Christ. The problem is, is a lot of times it's hard to get to that point, isn't it? Because we're a little too human. That's why Peter says, look, this is why you got to, you know, put this in a balance and, and really when you are doing this and, you are, and you're fighting to, to, to bite your tongue and you're fighting to not say something back and you're fighting and, and God is molding you and shaping you. Happy are ye. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. More than ever, brothers and sisters, we got to start listening to these words from Peter because we're living in a time where evil is being called good and good is being called evil. You don't have an opinion anymore. You have a go with the flow. You can't say how you truly believe. You've got to leave variance. smallest have more power than the majority. And this is the world you live in. So Peter's saying here, if you do right and you glorify God and you go through something because of that, rejoice because you're experiencing Christ and his spirit is resting on you. And we read right here verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer. Uh Uh-oh. Or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busy... I I mean, this is pretty intense, right? Because it goes straight from a murderer to a gossiper. That's like, man, that's like, you know, God, you know. In our, in our, in our mind, we just like, you know, can we, can we have a separation here? Because, you know, I got, I can understand murderers, thieves, people that need to be locked up, and now you're getting into some stuff that's, that I dabble in every once in a while, which is the gossiper, the busybody. In other men's matters, 16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory God on this behalf. 
17. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? 18. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Brothers and sisters, listen to this. We say so easily, I love, I love, I love my spouse. I love my children. I love my family. Oh, my family. Oh, man, my, my raza. Oh, man, I love. So easily. But the only love I know is the love that I've seen in Christ. And you see, Christ took his love to a cross. His love didn't stop in the vineyard. His love took him to a cross. His love kept him focused. His pain had him focused unto a cross. And a lot of the times we say, oh, I love, oh, I love this. Yet, we don't receive Christ truly in our hearts as an example to those that we love. Because it says right here, if we, if we, if we scarcely are saved, what chance does people not hearing the gospel have? Always think about I used to use this example a lot in youth. You went to the doctor with your mom and you had a terminal disease. And the doctor was giving you medication and said, this is going to help her, but you got to give it to her in this form or fashion. This is the way I, it's, it'll be on the label, but you just need to make sure it's being taken this way. This will save her. I don't think you'd be on your phone. I don't think you would be distracted. I think you'd be taking notes. I think you'd be focused because you would repeat it to the doctor. Am I correct in this? But yet we come here sometimes with a low intent of focus. When we have such a great responsibility. To pass this on to those that we love that aren't here. And we miss it. And we miss it. We miss it because we were distracted. We miss it because we were focused. We missed it because we didn't come prepared. We miss it because we we're too focused on the pain and the suffering. Instead of a healer and our God, our Savior. We see Peter here talking about this, saying, look. Don't find it odd when you're in pain. Especially when you're in pain doing the things of God. Rejoice. Rejoice that you're here. Rejoice that you came here. There's tons of excuses not to be here. There's tons of excuses not to be here. 
especially if you don't feel well, especially if you're going through something, especially if, you don't ha- if you're alone and you feel like nobody's supporting your change. There's tons of reasons not to be here. But the main reason to be here is because we believe that God can do something, something powerful, something around the corner, something that he's just been waiting for you to recognize the rejoicing part. We turn to Romans 5.3. And not only so, but we glorify in tribulations. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Verse 4. And patience, experience, and experience hope. Verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. You see, there's a chain reaction that has to happen in you. And the only place it starts is in the pain. Every one of you, when you decided to follow Jesus, look back on it right now. Look back to the day you decided to follow Jesus. Were you okay? Were you all right? Everything going good? Money in the bank? There was problems. There was pain. There was suffering. You hear testimonies of addictions, of struggles in relationships and marriages. But you got to understand that this domino effect, it had to start from somewhere. But when we keep on holding on to that domino, then we can never get to the others that were spoken here. And we're like, man, I've been holding on to the starting domino right here. It's like I'm still holding on to this tribulation, this pain. No, I just got to push it. I know I just got to get rid of it, and I got to start the process. Let's read that again here in Romans. Let's go here to Romans 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation, know that the pain worketh what? Patience. Oh, well, Brother Gabe, man, it's been 15 years, and I, and that's, I seem like I'm, I'm full of patience. Who are you now? Because there's another, and we read on verse 4. And patience, experience, listen to this. This is so important because, again, we're talking to something. You cannot talk to something unless you have gotten through. And patience has gotten you to a stable place to say, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this, sister. Let me tell you about this, brother. I see what you're going through. I've been through that. And you start to verbalize it because you can, because you don't feel like a hypocrite. And it has an effect. But until patience takes you to the experience, you can't go past the experience. And we keep on reading here. And experience hope. Because listen to this I started with pain. You need to follow me on this. I don't know if some of you guys are losing it already, but snap back into it. I started in pain. It brought me patience. 
Then I went from patience to what? Experience. And then I went from experience to what? To hope. Because to look back that that pain should have taken you. That pain has caused people to take their lives. It's caused people to give up. It's caused people to settle. But now your hope is at your calendar and saying it's been years. It's been years. It's been years since that happened. And I'm still here. I'm still alive, Jesus, by your grace. And we see this process, pain, patience, experience, hope. Where are you at right now? I'm a little bit in the pain. You can stay there. It's a difficult place to be. But if you say that I'm in the experience part, then why do you decide to go back to the pain? Why do you keep on going back to the pain? Well, I don't know what you're talking about, Brother Gabe. I don't have any pain. I'm happy. Oh, I can see you're happy. You're happy for a moment. Then it visits you on your shoulder. And you start to doubt. And doubt and hope don't go together. Trusting Jesus. That pushes away all doubt. You're going to let God take off doubt. Push away doubt. And you see here pain, patience, experience, hope. And we read here in verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed. Listen to that. Oh, man. I feel like this is talking to me. You see, because hope doesn't take you back to the pain. You see, hope's never going to tell you, hey, you remember what happened? Hey, you remember your pain? You remember that? Nuh-uh. Where hope takes you is like, look what God has given me. Look what's around me right now in this moment. You think somebody in a situation like that would ever see where they're at today? You see, and hope won't bring you to shame. Hope won't remind you what you were. Hope tells you you had to start somewhere. Hope tells you, yeah, you know what? It was rough, but you ain't there no more. When you start to hear testimonies and you start to hear testimonies of victory in difficult times, Start to glorify God saying, I can have that. I can attain that. I can do that. I, I, I hear you saying that it was Jesus that did that. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. You see, you see, the love of God has got to consume you. It hasn't consumed you. That's why you're still thirsty. That's why I still here and there, here and there. I'll go find it, see if I can find happiness here. I'll come back over here and see if I can find it here. I'll go over here and find it over here. I'll come back over here. 
and you haven't progressed anywhere. You haven't gotten any closer to this peace because you're still in the pain. the moment I say, you know what, pain? You're fired, huh? You know what, pain? I don't need you here. And the patient starts. You start looking at and saying, man, some of y'all ain't the way you were when you first walked in here. You should be happy. Some of you ain't got the same struggles you had when you first walked in here. There's some new ones, but hey. Praise the Lord anyway. Hallelujah anyhow, huh? God is good. God is great. Where's your hope at? Has God consumed it? Has God shown you? Has God spoken to you and said, look, you can stay on this path and you can become what you said you never would be. Oh, and a lot of the times it's like, I'm never going to be like my mom. I'm never going to be like my dad. (laughs) We end up becoming. And the saddest thing is, for me, is where God found me in my deepest darkness. I was becoming what my dad was, not what God had changed him to. And I sat there taking them to chemo. What are you doing, Gabe? See, my father trying to live, and I'm accelerating my death. You have to find God's love, and it's got to consume you. And it can. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Oh, man. Like I told you, I got dirt. I'm dirty. But I've seen God's love in my life, his grace in my life. Oh, he saw beyond that. And he still loved me. And the change happens. If we turn to First Chronicles 4, 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Amen. Oh, sorry. My brother and sister here. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Amen. And his mother called his name Jabez. Man, it must have been, if he was more honorable, this must be a fantastic name. I, I mean, I'm excited to hear about what Jabez stood for, right? Jabez, because I bore him with sorrows. Man, that's horrible. Can you imagine that? The, the, the word of God, the worst thing that it was is that some of the names were horrible. There's some great names. I mean, we're going to go to, you're going to go to some great names like Jesus, right? I mean, you got to go to the top, right? But you start to read the book and, and, and you see, and you see, you know, Ruth's husband, his name was, he was named after a disease. It'd be kind of like calling your son, hey, come here, Cancer. Bring your sister diabetes with you. Look it up. I couldn't believe it when I read it. But you see here that Jabez, even though that out of his mother's womb was given a name of sorrow, of pain, 
still fought for something here. I like this because we keep on reading right here. And Jabez called on God of Israel. You know, when you're honorable, when you make a change, when you start to, you start to get this confidence, you can what? It says he called on. You, 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 you can have authority. You're talking crazy here and you think that, you know, you know, God wants you to break the door down and walk into his throne. This is the part, this is the process, this is what you get when you're honorable, when you're doing his will. You can come to him, you can call on him, you can ask him for things and not be afraid and saying, God, are you up there? God, I know you're powerful and mighty and I, and I should be trembling. But you know what, God, I'm going to ask you for this because I am doing your will. And your word of God says, you will not leave me ashamed. And I need to trust in you. And we see here, given a name that meant sorrow, brought me sorrow. Man. And we keep on reading here. And Jabez called on God of Israel saying, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. This ain't no joke. This ain't adding, you know, a room to his house. This isn't a home modification. He says, I want you to bless me and extend me, my coast, my land, and enlarge my coast, and with thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. It don't matter. It don't matter what people have called you. It don't matter what your family has named you. I don't know who this is speaking to tonight. But it all started with my ankle. Some of you have been given names. Some of you have been given you know, oh, you're going to just be like this. You're going to be like that. Look at you going down that path. Oh, you'll probably be pregnant before you're married. I heard some of those stories. So it's horrible. Our, our race is horrible, isn't it? <laughs> it's probably not only our race, but it's pretty tough. I got love for y'all. I got love for y'all. It's, 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 I've heard it. I've heard it. People are just bitter, aren't they? Angry. Ugly. I think Sister Margie's told me stories of family members and things like that. I know the box with the little. I know. Okay, I'm sorry, sister. I just gave it to me right now. So it don't matter what people have called you, have told you. God has also called you something precious. Worth dying for. Worth, worth being raised from the dead. He fingerprinted you. You're mine. And we see here Jabez. Thank God. Increase my coast, my land. Keep me from evil. Because you know what, God, for me, 
to stay in line. I need you in my heart. I need you to give me that spirit to discern, to recognize. Because the world wants to make you believe everything's right. But God's the only right. We turn to Psalms 41.3. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. That will make all his bed in his sickness. Listen to this version. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed, and in his illness you restore him to full health. Come on, brothers and sisters. I love the examples that God has given here, and it hasn't been easy for them. But we still have hope for them. We still believe God can do it in them. We still see them fighting to be here. And we're able-bodied. And they believe God will do this. I want to help them. I want to encourage that fight in them. We see David here saying this. God's going to be with you. But you got to believe it. The devil doesn't want you to believe it. The devil wants you to believe what you, what you just did last night. I know what you did last night. I know who you really are. Busy body. I know the. you come here and you just ain't got no praise in you because you talked out today. And the word of God's powerful. You feel alone. The word of God says you're alone because you're a busybody. And it defines that. It says if you're a busybody, you'll find yourself alone. But you know what? God's merciful. Because if you can just recognize it, put away God will fulfill and restore. Help me, God. Help me, God. That's my struggle. You see, God's perfect. You know, we we were just talking about murderers, and we went, I mean, how, how in the world does it go from murderers to busybodies? I mean, that to me is just like, that's Jesus there. Jesus is like, look, 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 look. You, you, you. Ain't nobody killed anybody here, so calm down. But you all talked about someone. So I thank you, God, for making it real for me. But I would have just pushed it away and said, ah, I'm not that. And God says, you still need it. You still need my word. Come to you. We've got to trust and believe in our God. Amen. Let's turn to Romans 8.18. For I consider that the sufferings, or I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, the pain. You You know, going back to what we read, with tribulation brings what? Patience brings what? Experience brings what? 
Amen. Listen to that. Listen to this. And you, you tell yourself this. Listen to what it says right here. And I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed to us. So listen to this. You, 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 you start to recognize how to deal your experiences. Ah, that pain's been here before. That's your experience. Ah, that, I've seen that. You start to see it. it, it God gives you this, this, this ability that you see something coming and you know what's coming. And this is beautiful. You start to look at it and you're like, and it breaks your heart too because it could be family and they're coming to you and you're like, oh, they're coming with something. Jesus help me. Jesus help me. That's the experience, right? I almost threw the cross. I went like, did you see, you guys see that? I tried to clean it up. I went, I almost went like that. And you see this experience, you start to start to define it. You start to see it. You're like, I know what's coming to visit me. I've seen that before. It wants to bring me down. I remember what it did. And your hope is now I can defend against it. And this right here in Romans, it starts to talk about that what you're going through is nothing. It's not worthy to be compared with the glory that should be revealed in us. Now listen to that. So you're going through something. Some of you, sometimes people got to say, man, you're a lot better than what you were because you ain't saying it enough to yourself. Because some of you, you start to look at it, you go, man, I don't feel like I'm better than I was until you just said it. It's kind of like when somebody says, have you lost weight? You weren't thinking that you lost weight, then all of a sudden you're like, well, actually, I think I might have. You see, brothers and sisters, God has done something. God has started a process, and this process has eliminated things, has removed things. You're not the same. Now when sin wants to come over you, something pops up. Bling, bling, bling. We're like, what is this thing, man? I, I don't remember this. I don't remember. I just remember just sitting. And now you deny yourself and say, you know what? I think I'm going to stay in tonight. You hear Sister Victoria's testimony on Sunday, which is beautiful. She's like looking back and saying, you know what? Because God is beautiful. And you start to look back and say, it all started somewhere. It started with pain. And the patience was you deciding, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. I'm going to trust in God. And the experience came. And we see God. In this, keep on reading right here. Comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. Now, this glory that's going to be revealed, only God can do it through this process. It's beautiful when you start to see it, and it's amazing. I know when I started to see it, I, I had a lot of baggage, right? I had a lot of baggage that, that I held as like, man, you were horrible, man. You did these things. You did these things. You did all this different kind of stuff. You're, man, you're, uh, oof, ugh. Who would want to be your friend? I can't love you. You're unlovable. That was all going on in my, in my head. Until God's love, his love shed over me. You see, when something come, consumes you, then other things can get into you. 
You see, then the, uh, 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 you're going to be this, you're going to be that. It's like, <laughs> okay, that's not the way God sees me. God sees me as his work in progress. And we all are his work in progress. I don't know what progress you're at. You might be at a different progress, but we're in a progress. And praise the Lord for that. Because while we have life, there's hope. The things that we struggle with will be removed from us. Revelations 21.4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. You see, everything comes to an end. You decide if you want to wait till this day or if you want to receive it today. I love Jesus because he says, this is my promise and revelations. But my promise is yours today if you choose to receive it. If you choose to maintain it, where are you at right now? It don't, it don't matter how long you've been in church. This ain't a job. You ain't got tenure. You ain't got more vacation days because you've been here long. It just means the devil wants you even more. He wants to see you slip up even more. He wants you, he wants you to give up before you had it. And usually when it's the worst, it's because it's right around the corner. Usually when it's the worst and you want to just say those words, I give up, it's because it's right around the corner. The change is right around the corner. The blessing is right around the corner. You see the way I did that? Did you see that? Did you hear that? You know, because some of them, want you just want to hear the blessings around the corner, the blessings. No, the change You see, it's not always about the blessing. We got to see the blessing in the change. Oh, man, that people that are blessed, people that are, oh, man, what they would do to just have the change. Oh, there's people trying to fulfill their happiness and their pain. Like I said, in a lot of different ways, but God can, can fulfill it. God can take it away. God can remove it in today if you just trust in him and believe in him. I thank you, God, for your word that speaks life, that speaks truth. I see here Jeremiah. Jeremiah went through some difficult times. If you read this chapter, this chapter is very disheartening. This, this chapter reminds me of where we're at today as a world, as a society, and you hear God finally being fed up. Nobody wants to hear God fed up. God was tired here in this chapter in Jeremiah. We turn there. 
Go to Jeremiah, I believe it's 15. I'm going to read this version right here. Why is my pain unceasing? Why will my pain not stop? My wound incurable. Listen to this. Refusing to be healed. Will you be to me like a deceitful brook? Like waters that fail. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Why are we not letting go of what we proclaimed and worshiped and lifted up our hands to the God that can take it? Like I told you, you're talking to somebody that has experience, and when you praise him and you glorify him in the moment of the pain, it's not there anymore. It's removed from you. I might have people that think how I'm doing. I may have people that remember that moment, but I don't hold that moment Because I decided to praise God, to glorify God. You see, that confidence even deceives the devil. And, 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 and we see here that Jeremiah is saying, why is my pain unceasing? I want to stop my wound incurable, refusing to be healed. And we read here in verse 19. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, if thou return, then will I bring thee again, and thou shalt stand before me. And if thou take forth the precious from the vile, thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee, but return not unto them. Brothers and sisters, a lot of the times why we're not being healed, why we're still struggling, is because we have not returned to him. You see, some of y'all can say, I'm an active member here in this church. Look at my stamp card. I don't miss a service. That's not what it's talking about. Because in this, we've still have left him. We stopped listening to him. We stopped believing him. We stopped trusting him. But God says, return to me, and I'll heal you. I'll put you back together. I can do it. I'm the only one that can do it, he says. You've tried already. Aren't you tired of trying? I got tired. 19 years old, I felt like I was 80. I'm tired, I said. I didn't see what God was doing, how he was preparing. My beautiful rose in Utah. He was preparing over there in Utah. Mr. Juanita was getting her ready for me. 
couldn't see it. I couldn't see what God was doing. He was calming me before it would have been too late. You see, because if I wouldn't have heard him in that moment, I don't know what could have happened. I know a lot of dumb things happen. But I'm not the only one. But we stopped and we heard him. We heard his voice say, enough, enough of the brokenness, enough of the pain. You're not going anywhere. You're not achieving anything. It's different when you hear it from God because God's not telling you something like you're not going to be nothing. He's saying that you're going down a path of destruction, that I can take you and elevate you and give you not only your heart's desire, but what my will is. I've always found that amazing. We hear that verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? And his righteousness. Everything else should be added to you, right? You see, God knows your desires a year from now. You don't know what you need a year from now. But when you seek him, he knows what you needed a year from now. And he starts preparing it today. You know, there ain't no, ain't no financial planning going to get you that. Don't be trusted on your retirement like the way God can provide to you. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters? We have so much to be grateful for. I want a couple of things to stay with us tonight. <clears throat> I want this word to just ring in your ears that love is cheap. Wow. That was a great message until you ended it there. Love is cheap if you don't suffer it. And we see here that we have an opportunity. We have families that we love, we cry for, we hurt for. We have children that we would die for. But we won't deny ourselves for them. And start this process with God. Oh, oh I want to call it out because, again, you know, it's easy for me to say I love you. But it's another thing to say I deny myself because I love you. I want you to see something different in me, not the fact that I let go of some things that were easy. Yeah, I'm not partying. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing these things anymore. No, no, I want to get into some deep-rooted things, the pain that's in me that's in you. I need you to see how God took it from me because our families don't have all the opportunity that you might have to see God differently. But I encourage you, I'm going to ask everybody to pass on up here to the front, brothers and sisters. I encourage you in your prayer tonight. I encourage you to pray for wisdom. Wisdom on how you love 
those that you love. I'm going to ask you to pray for wisdom because some of us, you know, some of us are parents and we say we love our children, but yet we have a curse that's there, the thing we don't fix. Got it. That thing that we don't fix, that attitude, that stubbornness, whatever it is, and you know it what it is. It don't matter if you're a friend and you love this person, and you're like, man, I really love this person, but I'm not willing to change for this person. Because the pain is real. Oh, it's got a diagnosis. The doctors called it this. But I ask you to meditate on one thing tonight. I ask you to say, God, I believe that you can take this pain. I believe you can take this pain tonight, whatever it is. I believe, God, you can take it and you can use it for your glory. Because it goes from tribulation, patience, patience, experience. Experience, hope. It's not that hard to remember those. You guys have remembered less important things. But right now where you're at, if you're still holding on to pain because you don't see people around you, if you're still holding on to pain because you're still going back to a victim, ask God tonight, God, Remove this from me because I want to be used by you. I want my family to receive the best of me by seeing you in me. Help me, God, to push away these things, these mistakes, these hiccups. If I would have kept on seeing myself for what I was at that moment, I would not have been here today talking about how great and merciful God is. If I would have still seen myself in the dirt that I was in, I could not be here freely speaking about how amazing God's love is. We serve a mighty God, amen. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we're here before you, Jesus. It's not a show, Jesus. It's not something that we just want to, Take for granted here, Lord. We believe that you're here. Your word is spoken to our hearts, Lord. There's some of us that have been here for years, Lord. And we're finally hearing something, Lord, that is real. Something that you've spoken to in us, Jesus. There's some of us that are new to being here, Father, and they're hearing something. Something that's in them. A struggle that's in them. I thank you, Father, for speaking to This pain, Lord, that we lean on too much, that we handicap ourselves in, Father, when you are the healer. Where it's in you, Father, we can find salvation. I'm asking you, Father, to bring, to bring us through this tribulation, whatever it is, Lord, whatever this pain is that reoccurs, Lord. If it's people reminding us how we are, Jesus, if it's the doubts around us, Father, that we be covered by your love, Jesus. That we understand, Father, 
that your love shields us, that we accept, Father, that we accept sometimes that there's going to be doubts, especially if we're barely making the change. But we receive your extended hand tonight, Jesus, as you take us on this journey, Lord. We understand, Lord, that this journey with you is much better than without you. I'm asking right now, Heavenly Father, that your spirit pour down on us. Renew our minds, our hearts, Lord. Give us an energy, Jesus, in difficult times, Lord. If we have just slipped up, Lord, if we have just fallen, Lord, if the devil has reminded us of something, Jesus, that we lean on you, Jesus, and receive your hands that lift us up. I'm asking for your mercy and your grace, Lord, to speak always louder than anything in us. Because we doubt, Father, that you're with us when your word says you're with us. Help me, Lord, to seek you, to call to you like Jabez called to you, Father. Jabez didn't only start, didn't only end, Jesus, with extending his land. He recognized that his land being extended wouldn't matter if you weren't with him. I'm asking, Father, right now that we put everything outside of church on the side and that we just hold on to you, Jesus, and trust in you, Father. There's brothers and sisters here, Lord, that have been trying to succeed in so many different ways, but they have forgotten, Jesus, the only way through you, to trust in you only, Father. I'm grateful, Father, for what you've shown us, the examples that you've given us, Jesus, the love that you've shown us, Father. I'm asking for families, Lord, to be restored tonight. For families that have been struggling, Lord. If there's an anchor here tonight, if there's a family member, Lord, it don't matter. The numbers don't matter right now, Jesus. If there's an anchor here tonight, Lord, let that anchor fall and hold on. As this storm is passing, Lord, as all these doubts, as all these confusion is there, Let the anchor hold, Jesus. We're grateful, Father, for your love and the strength that you give us. The strength that you give us tonight, Lord, to see you, Jesus. Bless us, Lord. Bless us indeed. We ask this all in your precious and holy name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. I'm going to ask the group to pass on up here, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Why don't we praise God with this song right here Sister Gabby sings. I love this song right here. Me liberto, amen. Let's praise God with this, brothers and sisters, and just lift up his name, amen.